Podcast Appetite for Distortion, episode number 337. My name is Brando. We got two guests for you on this episode. Coming up later on, on our segment, we like to call Fan Obsession. Fan. Where you, the Guns N' Roses fan, comes on to talk about your favorite band. So we're going to talk to, out of Canada, badass female wrestler, Ava Lawless. So she's coming up later on in the show. But first, The Cruel Intentions. They have a new album coming out in June called Venomous Anonymous. And we're going to be talking to lead guitarist and Guns N' Roses fan, Christian. And I'll ask him how to properly pronounce his last name so I can embarrass myself. Christian Solhog. In a segment we like to call, and I spruced up the, the imaging. A nice, uh, fresh new soundbite for you. With a fan favorite segment we like to call Appetite for Discovery. Rather than just throwing a bunch of songs together that we think are fun, we're going over it, you know, with a fine tooth comb and just working on everything to try. That's the goal. Very appetite. For Discovery. We get an appetite for Discovery with the cruel intentions. Christian, how are you? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, man. Uh, I'm doing good. I'm sitting in the winter, Norway, Oslo, uh, having a good time, basically. We can embarrass myself right now because I, I just wanted to make sure I pronounced your your name correctly. Because, again, I have that New York, I don't like yeah, my but- Long Island-y accent, Brooklyn-y accent. So I, I, I don't, I don't want to bastardize your language, your beautiful language. But how do you say your last name? My last name um, in Norwegian is Solhaug. Solhaug. So... Basically means um, sun hill. And if you want to translate translate it to um, translate it to uh, English, it will be sun hill. That's that's what it means basically. But um, uh, so Solhag. Yeah, Solhag. 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 See, I, I don't want to ruin your again the beautiful language. So I just want to get that out of the way from the cruel intentions and. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. We could call this kind of this segment appetite for discovery. You know, as I keep just going along those those yeah, puns, new things, learning learning new things about you know language and stuff. Well, I guess first of all, how is, I know you say everything is great in Norway, but I mean, how are you? How is what time is it there? As we're recording this, it's like one in the afternoon. So, are we keeping you awake? Okay, yeah, well, uh, I just uh, ate dinner. Okay, it's, uh, it's seven uh, seven in the evening. Okay, in Norway, so it's dark outside and it's. Uh, yeah, it's still winter, but it's uh, it's you know the sun is coming up and it's getting warmer slightly by day by day. So uh, I feel the the breeze of uh, spring. Okay. Such of it basically. And did you grow up in the in the same area, same town? Like, are you a Norwegian kid? Is that how I gonna, I want to talk? I want to yeah, find out a little about little Christian first and see how you know the kid growing up in Norway listening to rock and metal. So I want to kind of paint the picture of the path that got you to where you are now? Yeah, uh, well, basically, um, I live now now in the, the nation's capital, Oslo. 
but I'm born and raised in uh, north of Norway, you know, above the Arctic Circle. So it's pretty far from here, actually, but it's um, in a small town in northern, northern Norway. And that's, that's, that town is called uh, Buda. Buda. It's uh, a small, small village uh, by the sea. It's a fishing village, basically. But uh, as, you know, rock and metal, I mean, uh, I started to listening to it when I was you know, around seven or eight years old. Uh, so it's, you know, the music uh, reached every corner of the world, I guess. <laughs> Who influenced you? Because I'm the oldest of four boys. I'm the oldest brother. So I try to influence my younger brothers. But I got a lot of it from my dad. You know, listening to The Doors and Led Zeppelin, that's what we brought me up on. Uh, so, like, who was your, was it friends? Was it family? Like, who got you into into rock and roll? Well, it's sort of the same story, I guess. Um, as far as music, you know, my family, my, my parents, they listened to Beatles and stuff like that. So, I, I grew up as a small child, you know, listening to music. But, um, you know, rock and metal music was, you know, neighbor, the kids in the neighborhood and older kids, you know, that lived around the, the streets, basically. And uh, I just remember, you know, um, a friend of mine across the streets, you know, he got uh, that The Use Illusion 1 album at that time. And I, he just got it from, I guess, from his older siblings or something like that. And. We just, you know, we just uh, heard it and and just took up from there, basically. In at that time, you know, Guns N' Roses and Metallica were all over the place. Anyway, it was on MTV. We, we had MTV and stuff like that, so you you could not avoid, you know, listening to it. This is around, you know, ninety one, ninety two, ninety three. That there. How old were you at that time? Because I always like I was, finding that uh, out. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was a uh, you know seven, eight years old. So I was. Right. Uh, a kid, a kid, basically. Yeah. So you're you're a few years older than me because, you know, I missed out. Yeah, I was alive. I was born in '83, so I, I was alive '91, '92. But I was listening to like the Muppet Babies still, or you know, or Michael Jackson, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And yeah, I, Michael Jackson. I listened to uh, Michael Jackson for me also before, actually before Guns N' Roses and mm. and the heavier stuff. And the Beatles too. Same with my parents as well. So it's just interesting how people when they find. Guns N' Roses. That's kind of what we do on this podcast, too, because it's, you know, yeah, they're my favorite band, but I love talking to people around the world, uh, whatever age they are, and just finding out when they discovered this band. And you just brought it up without even me asking when you discovered Use Your Illusions. Did, yeah. did you hear that first or, or did you hear Appetite first? It was actually, um, you know, Use Your Illusion 1. Um my friend, as I talked about, you know, over the streets, uh, across the streets, he got that this, the CD, uh, Use Solution One, and uh, I I got it. I borrowed it from him, and I got um, I got my father to record it over to tape, you know, cassette cassette tape. Uh, and uh, later, I got I kind of pushed my mom to buy me the you know the the Use Solution Two, the blue album. Uh, on a cassette, and so that, that, was, that was my first album, you know, uh, or yeah, cassette. Uh, solution to I like that. Um, yeah, it was, it was an amazing time, you know, being so young and getting that kind of influence, and that's the reason why it sticks with you, I guess, because I never grow tired of listening to it. I listen to it all the time, and uh, and uh, yeah, it's 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 with you know, it's with you for forever, I guess. And your mom wasn't deterred by the parental advisory sticker on it? She didn't care? No, I, I mean, I don't think she even knew what that means. <laughs> you know, she's Norwegian. And, uh, so, um, 
And it was, yeah, because yeah, you had, you know, on New Solution 2, you have the um, Get in the Ring song, which uh, I guess is a little bit explicit. Um, but, uh, and we love that song as, as kids, you know. Um, yeah. So it was, um, it was a good time. And also one, you know, um, groundbreaking uh, point was that in, in, uh, we saw this, uh, at that time there was a pay-per-view live show going on. I guess it was maybe all in Europe, but it was the live, live in Paris show in 92, I believe. Right, and that was the, you know, the first time I saw, first time I saw them, you know, on TV as a band together and everything. And for me, that was kind of like the turning point. Then, then I really got, a, I, I was like blown away, and uh, that was the best concert. You know, it's still the one of the best, my favorite concerts. The the Paris pay per view, you know, the famous Paris yeah. pay per view. Uh, yeah, I guess it was all, all over the world or something like that. Yeah. It's cool because obviously, just talking to you, you're. You know, just from growing up as an eight-year-old, you're a Guns N' Roses fan. And that's how I, you know, I'm just a Guns N' Roses fan who happened to, to work in radio. You happen to start a band and, and do all these amazing things. But the first thing I heard, you know, it's not like I'm going out seeking the next Guns N' Roses or, you know, trying to find a band that sounds like they're, they're you know, I like everything. And there's only one of one of one. But when I heard the Cruel Intentions, you know, it might have been the single, I, I believe, uh, Sunrise Over Sunset. You know, it doesn't, yeah, okay. it doesn't sound, he doesn't sound like Axel, but it was like the first time I've ever listened to anybody. It's like, whoa, that's guy, that's somebody who, who is maybe like the modern day Axel Rose. Like, was that oh. like just that's vocally? A, that's, a, that's a compliment. I mean, he would be glad to hear that. And then, you know, for me, it's obviously also a compliment to be uh, associated with Guns Roses or that people think about Guns Roses. But obviously, we don't try to be like Guns N' Roses. I am, I am the main Guns N' Roses fan in the band. The other guys have, you know, other influences. Um, so, but uh, I mean, that's a huge compliment, you know, just to be uh, have have our name together with, you know, Guns N' Roses. That's uh, amazing. Because it's interesting. Because you guys, you can you can hear the Sunset Strip, you know, influence, but you don't sound like anybody else so you don't sound like Guns N' Roses but you can hear the influence and again he doesn't sound like Axel but you hear the influence and nobody is I like people who sound different which is why I, I, I like you guys with Cruel Intentions because there's a difference and a familiar, familiar being familiar with it you know at the same yeah. time like a level of comfort so before we get to the new you know because you have a song featured on on Peacemaker uh, HBO Max which is super popular um, yeah that's, that's cool pretty cool that is cool. It's on my to-watch list, you know. Um, between you, I, you and I, Christian, and, and people who listen and watch, I watch just a lot of bad horror movies and just cartoons, and I'm just behind <laughs> behind on some of the newer stuff. I mean, Ozark, but anyway, I'm now I'm getting sidetracked. There's so many, there's so many things to watch, you know. You have all this, you know, uh, Netflix, Disney Plus, and uh, HBO. So yeah, there's. Uh, too much <laughs> a lot of stuff you know you can you can sap through you, know, you can sap through things in days or weeks you know and there's a lot of stuff going to, to go through yeah absolutely uh, but to backtrack a little bit i want to hear about your path how you got to the cruel intentions so you we heard when you were started listening to music but when did you start playing when did you realize you wanted to be a you know play guitar or be a guitarist yeah well um I guess, you know, from that point, you know, uh, as an eight-year-old, um, those years were, you know, pretty much Guns N' Roses and Metallica years. I didn't play any instruments. Or actually, yeah, that's, uh, that's not correct. I, I, I played, actually, the accordion, <laughs> which has nothing to do with, <laughs> nothing to do with, uh, 
with uh, rock or metal at that point. But um, Weird Al. My family, my family has, has, on my father's side, I played accordion from everybody does it. So, and, uh, but I picked up the guitar and when I was around 13 years old. And obviously, you know, at that time, it was, you know, the first thing that you really wanted to learn was still, you know, Guns N' Roses, Metallica, all the, the basic stuff that was around at that time. And still was around at that time, you know. Metallica kept on going uh, during the '90s, so it was, um, yeah, 13 years old. Picked up the guitar, okay, and it got got more, you know, technical stuff, you know, Metallica and more metal at that time. But I, I still learned Guns N' Roses and stuff like that. So uh, fast forward and, and starting to playing bands uh, in high school. This is like the typical, I guess, a rocker story, <laughs> and. Um, and uh, you know, uh, different bands, different influences, classic rock, metal, stuff like that. Fast forward to, uh, you know, in 2012, this is when I met Mats, the bass player, first time. And I joined his band, He's, he, had a, he had a band in Oslo called Gotham Saints, you know, and that's, then we got to, get to, got to know each other and um, started playing. And this was like 80s based, a little bit of Guns Roses, a little bit of, you know, the, the, the sleaze metal sound, rats, you know, stuff, stuff, stuff like that. So, okay. That was uh, my first meeting, meeting with Matt, the bass player. And, uh, yeah. So, him. so when did the, cause I understand there's such a long path and, uh, you know, I always find it interesting when there's a, a musician who's young and you see them joining bands and breaking up and that's just how it is. But they're, in the, the limelight already and you shouldn't have to see all the aches and pains of going through some of these bands but which you had to go through but yeah so when did you find i guess when did the cruel intentions come about how did that formulate because the band's not that old right it's not you guys aren't well, too old it's that old i mean uh, this was um at that point uh, you know me and Mats were really good friends um still played in that band, uh, you know, Mats, Mats's band was called Gotham Saints. And uh, Mats got, you know, by accident, got to know um, Lisa Devine, you know, the vocalist, um, uh, by his girlfriend, actually. You know, the girlfriend of uh, Lisa Devine and girlfriend of Mats were friends. And we just, I think it was just talking about, you know, we, you know, me and Mats's band got nothing going on at that time, just, you know, playing some gigs here and there, uh, nothing big actually. And we just, and Mats met up with uh, Lisa Divine and they just talked about, you know, having a party, they had a party and just talking, getting drunk and talking about basically, maybe we should do an, uh, maybe we should try to write something or at least do a, do an acoustic show, you know, calling it like Gotham, Gotham Saints, featuring Lisa, Lisa Divine and they you know they basically they, they got friends and uh, and I met with Jimmy uh, or Lisa Divine um, and Mats to have you know just talk about this and we decided to have a, let's do an acoustic show in Oslo just for fun and uh, we, we hit it off together we had the same you know music influences and you know we we just felt that this can you know this is this could be something good you know I just had a good feeling about it basically. What are because you said you're the Guns N' Roses guy in the band. So yeah. what what are the other influences that the others brought in? Like what are you bonding over? All the Beatles maybe? You know who are you? Bonding uh, over? No, not not so much the Beatles. I mean um, that's also my department, <laughs> I guess. Okay. Uh, but. Um, 
a lot of you know a lot of 80s stuff you know um i know you know everybody is a, is huge fans of this swedish band called uh, shotgun messiah i don't know if you heard about it not shotgun messiah i i know they were i know of exactly. them I'm not, i have never i haven't you know i haven't gone out of my way to listen. You, if you like controls you would like them because All you know right. they're um you should the, the, the album that came out in 92 i don't remember the name of the album but it's really like very guns guns and roses ish so uh so i think you would like it actually so but that that's the band everybody loves and Mats is a huge fan of those a lot of these obscure sleaze bands or and often scandinavian bands but also you know bands like rat obviously mostly crew stuff like that and um uh, faster pussycat you know all the the all the good old good old ones aerosmith stuff like that and yeah are you watching just uh how my brain works sidebar because you mentioned motley crew are you watching pam and tommy because we were talking about yeah, I, actually yes i've seen the first uh, first season just recently actually <laughs> i think uh as we're taping this uh a new episode comes out tonight not that i'm keeping track oh there is yeah, so there is more episodes yeah because i yeah i wonder if, if there was finished or is something new is going to happen because it's kind of yeah it's, it's kind of like um the last the episode number five i guess was like something more should happen i felt <laughs> so. yeah i'm in loving it because you're right a lot of these streaming things they just drop all the episodes of the season and you can just binge it here that's not the case they're releasing one i guess a week but it's uh yeah it's been great watching it because i love that era and that's why i, I like that you're putting this spin on it and this you know i guess this leads to a a, a question i was going to ask so it works out you know there seems to be this resurgence of another genre of music i like a uh, pop punk you know stuff like yeah, yeah but sleaze it seems like there is a resurgence but i'm wondering if it's not meant to be you know the mainstream like you're not gonna see uh i don't know maybe machine gun kelly will go sleaze rock when this uh thing he's doing now doesn't work out i don't know but is there how do you feel about that that sunset strip era being played that kind of music in 2022 where people might be you know people might not get it you know, like those bands like Steel Panther, they're playing a part on purpose. Yeah. So, yeah, they, is there, yeah, how do you feel about, I guess, the, the genre of the music that you're playing uh, now? Yeah, I mean, I don't see, you know, because, you know, sleaze, that that term has always kind of, I guess, has been kind of like an underground phenomenon, you know, at least, you know, the, the Scandinavian wave that was in the early 2000s. So, I don't see that going mainstream. Um, that being said, you know I don't think, I don't see us as a pure sleaze band, sleaze band either. We have some, you know, punk influences or some even some pop punk influences, you know, in, in some songs. So uh, for for our part, I guess you know it's um, it's a mix between between a lot of lot of stuff. It's, it's not just we're I mean, not just a sleaze band. I, I, it's just basically hard rock, if you ask me. Um, so I don't see, I don't think, but you never know. I mean, maybe um, that 80s look and 80s, um, everything will be popular. And and guys like Machine Gun Kelly will, you know, dress this and that and <laughs> get a big blonde hair wig or something. You never know. Uh, it's, you- everything is like, it's like, it's, it's, it's a revival of everything. It, the early 90s was popular for a, for a, for a period and, and the late 90s were popular, you know, revival, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, coming. I, back. So, might, you never know. Maybe. 
I think it's what's coming back are true musicians. And when you look back to that era, you know, bands like Poison and, you know, uh, the one I always think of like Winger, you know, because Beavis and Bud had made fun of them. But they're all yeah. great, great musicians and songwriters and talents. And, and people got obsessed with the term sleaze or hair metal and they don't see yeah. musicianship. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you feel that way as a guitarist. You know, yeah. listen to what I'm playing, not just, you know, what I look like, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm always glad to see when I see these huge award shows, you know, in the U.S. When I see a band or, you know, when they, they have guitar players, when they have a full band, you know, and, and it sounds kind of rock, you know, rock music. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that, that that is happening. And I think, it, you know, it might come back, you know, people are appreciating, you know, music being played by musicians, you know, by instruments. This is another crazy thought that just came to mind. And this is just coming from an, another ignorant, ignorant American. Uh, <laughs> I'm not too familiar. Actually, I learned a lot about the Eurovision um, show yeah, yeah. from that Will Ferrell movie, believe it or not. I'm ashamed to admit yeah, I've that. Yeah, seen, I've seen that, uh, that, that movie. I don't know how accurate it's supposed to be. Like, Pam and Tommy's not supposed to be accurate. I just take all these things as entertainment, you know, Facebook. Yeah. But I, I, I read something that the, the band Erasmus is up for their, you know, their country. Is that something that you guys could do? Like, I, I thought it was just for bands that aren't, or artists that aren't discovered. Like, are, are you allowed to submit to be on that show? Yeah. Okay. I think we are allowed to do it. I mean, we have not, we don't, we don't have any plans doing it. But I mean, um, it's not impossible. There, there are, there are rock acts and even you know metal acts um, in Eurovision. It's always like one or two each year, maybe one or yeah. So it's, um, but it's, it's not you know uh, as far as credibility. I mean, it's uh, for a rock band. It's not. It's nothing you. It's nothing you. You uh, aim for, I guess. But I mean, uh, we, okay. It's I guess a fun experience. I guess it just seems more eclectic and accepting to rock and metal because now I'm seeing commercials for American Idol, which is apparently still on, and you know, yeah. the most rock. I mean, credit. You know, he's a, a talented guy, but Daughtry is like the most rock guy to come out of there. And you see, Man yeah. you see Maniskin come out, and like it's just cool them too. Yeah, that, that was a big surprise actually. That band because they they had this. 70s glam rock style and we're playing i mean you know not the typical pop rock or pop metal sound they were more they sound like um, like a david bowie meets uh, you know meets a punk band or something like that you know 70s rock basically so um, maybe we see a shift in you know it's getting more popular that kind of music with uh, with the, that crowd you know the, the the crowd the eurovision crowd and the younger crowd also so it's not unlikely to see a, you know, uh, a rock band. All right. Well, uh, and attending. Well, you may not do Eurovision, but uh, we're gonna at least get new, uh, new music. So, can you tell us about the new album that's coming out in uh, in June? Venomous, anonymous. Yeah. Uh, well, it's uh, we are pretty excited about that. It, it took a long time um, to you know everything basically to write it to record it because of obviously the the, the covid situation and uh, we all live in oslo beside our drummer our drummer lives in sweden in gothenburg which is three four hours drive but you know with the borders have been borders have been closed and we have difficulties getting to meet to just to rehearse or to write music so things have taken a long time so we are 
finally, this is just a relief to starting to get this music out, and we are, you know, excited. And we're happy with the result also, you know, it's a kind of way to show this to to people who love, you know, and like rock music. Okay. Um, what's the, I guess, the feedback? How do you feel about, you know, um, like, have you let people listen to the, your friends and, and family listen to the album yet? Like, what's the feedback you're getting? They are uh, excited. I mean, they are, they think, I mean, it's, a, it's a good production. It sounds, you know, it, the sound is it's, uh, extremely good, I would say trying to be humble but, but it's uh, but uh, we're really happy with the sound and with uh, everything with the you know as far as you know every instrument guitar the drums are insane and um, so uh, we have gotten you know uh, only good feedback I mean this this is friends so they maybe won't be friendly with us, us but <laughs> but uh, uh, I think I think people will enjoy it it's, it's more much more diverse than the other album also it's got, got a different kinds of songs also a good mix of a lot of influences and stuff like that so cool I think uh, I think I hope that people will uh, will uh, enjoy it cool well people can now uh, watch again the uh, the sunrise over sunset video in addition to like it's on all streaming services but you can go watch it as well do your do your thing but I I, I gotta ask since you are the GNR guy and you mentioned how the new album is a, a, eclectic and different you know use your illusion that's where my brain is going um, what are your just generic questions do you have a favorite Guns N' Roses song uh, is it from your first album use your illusion one um, yeah this is, that's kind of you know it's always difficult to pick out songs like that um, but um, I, I actually have nailed it down to my favorite song I think it, I think you know I'm not sure but I think it uh, will be You Could Be Mine from uh, U Solution 2 yeah yeah that's uh, I mean that's one of the, their best songs ever so hard pressed yeah it is because yeah, obviously that was you know as I said before you know that the, the, I got the cassette uh, first you know um Resolution two, and uh, at that time, I guess you know uh, the movie Terminator two came yeah. out, and that was the soundtrack. So I guess I was it was the right time, you know. And just and then it's yeah, it's it's it has stick with me, you know. Uh, since then, you know, I love it. Have you seen them live? And it got, and, and it got everything. That song, oh, sure. that song, you know, it's the ultimate rock song, I guess. You know, it, the intro and everything, and the guitar solo and the drum work and um, yeah, everything. I know, and you can't again help but think about Terminator Two and all those wonderful feelings that come back of just seeing Terminator yeah. Two in theaters and just hearing it. Just a uh, just great all around. Uh, the video with uh, with Arnold. Uh, did you great video? Have you ever seen them live? Have you ever seen them? In well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, obviously, in in newer times, I remember when I was uh, in '93. I was like, I was a kid, but I, I remember seeing it on the news that they were playing in Norway. Uh, in Oslo, in the, on the U Solution tour, um, but I, obviously I was too young to go, and I lived far, beyond, far, you know, far north. But I saw them actually in um, first time in in Las Vegas, actually uh, in the um, in 2016. Okay. The, the, I guess that was the first show, the first you know the reunion, the reunion show. And that oh wow, those are those are big shows. I'm jealous, yeah, you know, of those first few well, shows. Uh, um, it was a pretty, it was a great experience. I mean, even though Axel hurt his foot, so we had he had to sit down <laughs> the whole the whole show. But I mean, he sang great, and it was a, um, a great performance. And it was you know magic to hear those songs live. You know, it was uh, amazing, brilliant. And speaking of of live, um, what are your plans 
as far as live performances? Yeah, we have some, you know, um, there are, there has been a lot of postponed shows, uh, you know, during this, this, this COVID uh, period, but, um, we have some shows this, uh, this spring in, in Finland and we have some here in Norway and we also go into Belgium, um, before summer. And, uh, and there is obviously something in the works, uh, which is not official yet, but, uh, you know, we want to try to obviously get on a tour, uh, with the album after the album is released sometime. Okay. So there are, uh, there's, there are things in, in work in, in the work in progress, but obviously we want to play live and it's, it's been, it's been a tough uh, two years with no live, less or no nothing to to do live. Uh, I know I, I've talked to a lot of musicians about that, and I I feel for it. I feel for you, and you know I'm lucky where I I, I mentioned I forget if I mentioned in the episode or before, but just how the fact that I'm here in Queens in my apartment that's why I have this you know crazy background because normally I would be in, in the studio pre-COVID, yeah. you know. But I guess that's the way home studio. Uh, thankfully, yeah. my cats haven't interrupted me, which is sometimes a problem. <laughs> but uh, I'm uh, it's, I'll be excited, you know. Hopefully, you come to the New York area where I get to experience uh, the Cruel Intentions live, and just uh, there's a lot. To look forward to so i really appreciate your time and you got to let me know what you think of the new pam and tommy that comes out i know it's not accurate i know it's uh it's just like it's entertainment for me and, and pam and tommy been very vocal that they don't support it but i don't know yeah. i think it's just going back as we've talked about thinking about a certain time in life and just references yeah. and just kind of just it's a tv show and enjoying it but so i want your opinion yeah. you got to tell me what you think of the you know the new episode and, and when it eventually finishes what do you think absolutely about it? absolutely i will do that all right cool well, and, and yeah th- thanks for having me when it's always a good time talking about controls i do it all the time at parties and stuff <laughs> so uh, <laughs> i can you know i can talk and talk about controls forever awesome we'll but, do uh, it again i i people that's the funny thing. I'm like their outlet. They don't, I'm not, they don't usually have like friends or family that love Guns N' Roses, but I allow you to, you know, that's my, my this, the deal here. We meet people across the world that love Guns N' Roses and we get to talk about it and, you know, meet yeah. some cool new people. And yeah, obviously we really want to come, come and play in uh, New York or uh, just about everywhere in America. So that's, that's like the main goal. We hope that will happen someday. So um, maybe we see each other around live also. Sounds good. Well, I really appreciate your time, Christian, and you have a great day. Thanks for having me. appreciate it. From Norway to the Great White North, as we call it here in America, to Canada, to Calgary, specifically, as we do now, fan obsession with Ava Lawless. Fan Part two of episode number 337, Bad Obsession. Or I go with fan obsession. That's my brilliant. I appreciate because I think they're stupid. The sound bites that I play or the the title of the segments, you know, the Guns N' Roses, Eyes, Them. I'm making up a word. Uh, So I put out there on Twitter at the AFT podcast, just in general, people, if you want to have on the podcast, you know, rock stars, uh, movie stars, whoever, authors. And sometimes I. I've done this in the past. I want the Guns N' Roses fan to be on the show. That's why it's Fan Obsession with Ava Lawless today. How are you? I don't want to wait too long before I say hello. I'm good. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. So I, as I put out that tweet, I was mentioning you were, you know, people are adding, you know, Sebastian Bach 
or Naturally. You know, Nikki Six, <laughs> you know, people that would make you would think of, obviously, like who do you want to hear on a Guns N' Roses podcast? We we'll go over that list another time. But then you you added yourself and you put exclamation marks. I'm like, okay, who's this? I I'm always a paying a, a attention to listeners, whether it's just asking a question, whether it's the co-host. You know, social media that's just how it works. And I click on you know your your profile on Twitter at Lawless Ava, right? I don't want to make sure I I remember it. Um, I, if you know this podcast, I, I, other than Guns N' Roses, I like wrestling. You know, I've had a few wrestlers on. I always forget to mention, so I don't want to uh, forget this time. Uh, I don't. Maybe you don't know him because he calls himself Small Town Famous. He's out of Ohio. He's uh, Tom McLean, diehard mm. Tom McLean. He uh, has like a his finishing move is the uh, shanananani. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> right, right. So how can I not yeah. talk to him? And I, yeah, we, we spoke. He had him on the episode uh, on the podcast a while ago. He's friends with Shooter Jennings, so fans have great stories. So I see you and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm into wrestling. I've had Charlotte Flair on, Drew McIntyre, but then you got me with your late and great Owen Hart t-shirt that you, I saw a picture. <laughs> and, as, yes. and as you can see, I'm wearing my Brett the Hitman Hart t-shirt. Yeah. You've got great taste, clearly. <laughs> Thank you. So are you, you're from Canada? Uh, yeah. I actually currently live in Calgary, Alberta, uh, home of the hearts. So, uh, born and raised in Ottawa, but moved out here about 10 years ago. And, uh, I had to be where the best wrestlers are from, you know? <laughs> Oh, that's cool. That is cool. I've I spent some time in Canada. I've been to Ottawa. Um, I haven't been as far out as uh, Calgary. I do have a Flames jersey somewhere. Well, you're missing out. You're missing out. You definitely have to visit. It's beautiful out here. I've heard that about Western Canada. Absolutely. So how does, I mean, I'm not sure where to start. Do I go into how does a Canadian girl get into Guns N' Roses or get into wrestling? You know, what came first, I guess, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> Um, I think, well, I got into wrestling before Guns N' Roses because I got into wrestling when I was like seven or eight years old. Okay. Um, but I was so excited to do this because a lot of the podcasts I do are very wrestling centric or sometimes they're horror movie centric because I have like tattoos of horror movies. Nice. Um, but this, this gave me the opportunity to like really be a fan, you know? Um, so I think we should start with Guns N' Roses. Okay. I, just, I have a feeling. <laughs> okay, good. So no, I appreciate you letting me know because I could talk about horror movies as well, you know, wrestling. <laughs> so let's, let's focus what you're here for, which is Guns N' Roses. What are they your favorite band or are you, they just one of what made you so excited to want to, you know, be on a podcast about GNR? <laughs> I have to say that they are by far in the top five, but they do take number one. So I have a lot of bands that compete in that top five, but Guns N' Roses always lands at the top for me. So um, I think I just got so excited to talk about something else, to talk about something that's also so prevalent in my life that's not wrestling, because if there's anything that I love as much as wrestling, it's Guns N' Roses. <laughs> okay. So how did I get to that point? Because it's starting from, you know, what is it, 330 seven episodes ago, 36 episodes ago, where I, you know, the first, my former uh, co-host, still current friend, Ian Scott, we, that's how the podcast started, the origins, talking about why we got into this band and over the course, mm -hmm. talking to fans, whether they, they knew them before they, they broke or they found them uh, Chinese democracy era and they only didn't, didn't mm -hmm. see them until the reunion. So where did you find yeah. Guns N' Roses? How does your GNR story go? 
Um, I think, well, I am too young to have seen them in their prime, <laughs> but um, I, it started when I was around 12 or 13. Um, of course, I knew like a few of the popular hits, so Sweet Child of Mine and Welcome to the Jungle. Um, but I remember I was given um, the Live in Tokyo DVD when I was 12 or 13. And I went home and I watched it and my mind was blown because I was like, well, first of all, Axel's shorts are so tiny <laughs> in that concert. But also like they just exuded this like people want to lump them in with like metal or rock or whichever, but they kind of exuded like this punk rock element where they didn't yeah. care about anything. They went on stage and did just the absolute most and they didn't care what anyone thought of them. And they were always having a good time and they were so utterly talented that I, I just felt captivated and by like everyone, you know, there were years where I was like, I don't know who my favorite member is because I was constantly juggling that too. So I think after I saw that DVD, I just went into this huge deep dive into a love for guns and roses. And I remember I went on eBay and I found like over a hundred like magazine clippings of guns and roses and I bought it. It was a dollar on eBay, <laughs> shout out eBay. And my walls all throughout high school were just covered in Guns N' Roses posters, magazines. I had like that action figure of Flash. So like, you name it, I probably had it. <laughs> I love that. I tried to do that. That's something I, I haven't spoken about in the podcast. I'm glad you, you brought it up because it's a common theme when you decorate your, you know, your room. Obviously, mm -hmm. I, you know, if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, I've slowly but surely decorated my apartment as I've been feel feeling my quarantine since the world changed. <laughs> but go back to it, the room I'm growing up in, I always thought it was the coolest look to have magazines all over the walls, you know, yeah. and the ceilings and everything. I tried to do that, but I, I think I gave up halfway through a wall. It's a lot of work, isn't it? <laughs> it isn't. You know, <laughs> unfortunately, when I was a little girl, my dad had painted my room pink <laughs> and I was never a pink girl growing up. So it was it kind of had an ulterior motive where it was like I wanted to show my taste in music and I also wanted to hide as much of the pink as possible. Um, but yeah, there was, there wasn't just Guns N' Roses, but I would say it was, it was probably 80% Guns N' Roses. Well, Bret Hart made pink cool first, you know, by the way. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I don't hate on it now. Don't worry about it, but just, yeah. um, so I don't forget, just out of curiosity, who are that you're a top five, as you know, as you've mentioned that GNR solidified your number one, but yeah, mm -hmm. it's the same thing for me. I feel I have my top five or top 10 movement. But not with GNR. It stays there. Yeah, they are. They're solidified. Um, for the rest of my top five, I have probably Wasp in there. Um, and then uh, the Sisters of Mercy, for sure. Um, oh, boy. I probably would put, like, if you could group them together, Misfits and Danzig. Okay. <laughs> like if you, you know, they're, they're not the same. But they're, I love them both so much on such a different level that I'll just, I'll just combine them if I can. Um, and then I'm, I'm missing one. It's probably like either Metallica or Faith No More. There we go. Okay. <laughs> there we go. All yeah. Right. I'll take it. I mean, there's no <laughs> right or wrong here. These are your quote unquote. It'll change. <laughs> I mean, that's the beauty of music. You don't really like we ha we ha used to have to do on MySpace. I don't think you're too young for that. 
right? Uh, of course, I remember MySpace. Okay, uh, <laughs> top eight. The top eight when you said rank your friends, just messed up. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. don't you don't have to do that. Even no. on here, if Guns N' Roses happens not to be your favorite band, that's not. I'm not going to get offended by it. It's fine by me. Fortunately, uh, they are. <laughs> and, and but before I I forget, um, I have my one of my cats, Blackie. He Aww. he has no um, claws. Blackie Lawless. Blackie Lawless. Is well, his name Blackie Lawless? <laughs> I refer to him sometimes, and I'm the only one who laughs. Is Blackie Clawless because he has no claws? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's pretty good. So it's actually really good. <laughs> I, it's, yeah. it, it's, I can't take credit for the Blackie name. That's because he's an older cat. But I'm just like mm-hmm. Blackie Clawless. How's that? And I might know, steal that from you. You could do that. The other one, I, I met him also when he was older, GB. I call him CBGB. So I, I, I got to rock and roll these uh, these things up. Yeah, yeah. And FYI to my listeners, I fed them before I started this podcast, so they should not be interrupting me. So we, we, <laughs> Mine might. Fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. So I've said that like my when Gino really came into my consciousness because, uh, you know, they – we talked about that, I think, the last episode when I did like the Metallica episode. And, of course, the, and you mentioned Metallica is one of your favorites. That big tour uh, with Guns N' Roses in 1992. I was too young. And Faith No More. And, yeah, of course, and Faith No More. And it was a lot of, uh, you know, Soundgarden. And, and, I, mean, it was a, mm-hmm. I mean, one of those tours I wish I took, you know, I was, just, I was too young. I'm sorry my parents met didn't meet earlier. They just had me when they had me, and it is what it is. Uh, Oh, now I'm thinking about my parents. Now I'm all, I'm all sidetracked. That's, that's, that's gross. So uh, I, being too young to see it, and I couldn't see Guns N' Roses, you know, in my my consciousness, my life, until 2002. You know, I was too young when they were on tour. Then they broke up when I started going to concerts. So that was my first opportunity to see GNR uh, with, with Buckethead. And I, I loved it. You know, I, I've gone on and on about Buckethead and Chinese democracy. So... I guess when was the first opportunity you got to see them? Uh, so I'm like you, obviously couldn't see it in 1992. Um, but I did see, I know everyone refers to it as Axel and Friends. So I did see that concert twice, kind of probably around the same time as you, maybe a little bit later. I can't fully pinpoint it. Um, and they were great shows. Like I had no problem. And I was definitely that kid in the crowd that knew the songs that they shouldn't have known because they had leaked online, (laughs) you know? Um, but I had such a good time. And then I remember, you know, laying in my bed, looking up at all these posters and all these articles and being like, if I could just go back and see them in their prime, you know, if there, if I ever had a time machine, that's what I would do. And, um, so when they got together for not in this lifetime and they went to Edmonton, um, I went up there for that. That's about a three hour drive from Calgary. And I still can't believe it to this day. Like I made sure I got the barricade and I was there the whole night and that I swear to God was the happiest day of my life. Like I'm not even, uh, embellishing it. <laughs> well, that's great. So I guess this kind of couples with a question I was going to ask, like, who did you go with? But that's coupled with, you know, I've spoken about how the majority of my friends aren't, they'll like Guns N' Roses, but they're not like me. You know, they were mm-hmm. making fun of me when Chinese democracy wasn't out, that it'll never come out. You know, Axl Rose is Howard Hughes. He's, he's hiding. So I was, 
it was almost a joke to have Guns N' Roses be your favorite band. So how are you, your, yeah. your friends, and like, and who did you go with to see them in Edmonton? Um, well, when it was Axel and friends, I, I did have another friend who was just as into Guns N' Roses as I was, but he ended up like, I can't remember the full situation, but he ended up like forgetting his keys or forgetting his ticket inside the house and then locking his keys in his house. So then he like broke a window, but then like the window cut up his wrist and then he had to go to the hospital. And then it was like this big thing. So I ended up going alone. Oh. Um, and then for the reunion, um, nobody loved them as much as I did. So I went alone <laughs> and um, I don't regret it. It was still so great. And I made so many friends with the people who were like beside me at the barricade. Um, you know, I, I, I understand that it's probably hard to find someone maybe in my age group that loves them just as much as I do. That's right, you know, in my vicinity. But <laughs> well, that's why I ask, because it's interesting. That's where we all meet here in a way. Mm -hmm. we, we have to find each other. It, it's it's <laughs> it's it, it is interesting. So what and I did this a lot uh, when they were touring last year was have fans come on and give reviews after a show. So you said it was the I mean, I, I, you're going to say it's awesome. It's great. But I, what was what specifically about it? That's what I want to know. What made that? I want to give you like a review of Edmonton. If you can give me a, a, a review. <laughs> yeah. Um, I took so many videos that night, but I honestly think it was the energy. Like I remember watching Axel didn't take a sip of water for the entire like three hours or whatever it was. It was. Yeah, it was madness. I'm going to take and one they, right now. I, I <laughs> there you go. Um, and it just seemed like they were really enjoying it and they were really having fun. And it sounded so clear. It almost like, it's like, I couldn't see them in their prime, but what I got was literally the next best thing. And it was such a huge moment for me that I started like Googling, where's the closest next one I could go to. Like if I could, I would follow them everywhere just to see that show live over and over again. Do they have a history, and forgive me for not knowing, in Edmonton or that area? Because, you know, when they'll go back to places like Chicago or St. Louis, New York, they have history. Is there a history mm -hmm. in that area? We know about Montreal, but I know that's that's not – it's not <laughs> yeah. Montreal. Is there yeah, – like, oh, I don't I don't think so, but that could just be because I didn't actually grow up here, so I don't fully uh, know. But, fair enough. But, yeah, I mean – I'll, I'll take them anytime they want to come back. <laughs> is that where, did you see them where the, uh, the, the uh, Oilers play? Is that, what, is that the same venue? Uh, no, I saw them in an outdoor stadium. Okay. Or, yeah. I don't think the Oilers play. <laughs> that's how I relate. Anything is where it's a sports team play. So like, the Edmonton Oilers. Okay. That's, that's what I know. That's what I can relate to. That's fair. What was the first album you bought? I, I mentioned, I think it's usually appetite. But it was not, appetite. Okay. It's because it's not always <laughs> appetite. It's not always. No, and appetite's not my favorite. So, okay. I mean, that's really hard to say, actually, because I think appetite from start to finish is a perfect album. The way, like, even the, the song listings and how they're arranged, I think everything is exactly where it should be. But I'm partial to Use Your Illusion Part 2. Okay. So... I don't know why. Well, Maybe I just let's figure that like, out. Well, uh, why why part two? <laughs> I say part one just because I have a uh, a love affair with November Rain. You know that's just what really drew me into the band. So what? Why why part two? Is it estranged? Is it? Adult? I was gonna say I have a love affair with estranged. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah, it is probably my favorite song of all time. Yeah. So, so when's that tattoo coming? <laughs> um, funny you say that. I actually have an idea for it, but it's just not done. Okay. All right. You'll have to update us uh, then. Okay. So that's, I will. What about, um, did you ha- get any musical influences from, because I've spoken about, we all spoke about that. I got a lot from, because I'm the oldest uh, of, 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 I have the older brother, so I'm the oldest. I got it from my my dad, like Zeppelin and the Beatles and the Doors and, you know, so GNR was closer to my age, but I was already into rock. Mm-hmm. So how did you, um, did you have like older, older siblings or friends or your parents? Like who got you, like who pushed you along this path to, Yeah, um, I do have older siblings, but they both aren't really into music at all. (laughs) So uh, they were no help. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, My mom wasn't, but my dad was. He was a musician growing up, not like paid musician, but like as a hobby. He had like a room in our house where he had instruments and he would play. And he was he was into the Beatles and like the Rolling Stones and whatnot. so I think a little bit came from him, but he didn't get too hard rock in there. Um, I actually think I remember the first time I heard Metallica was my friends and I were pretending to be wrestlers, go figure. <laughs> and um, the, the one of the girls took Lita's entrance theme. And I was like, well, I need something like cool. And you just took the one I want. So we went like looking through her mom's cabinet for like CDs and we ended up finding the black album. Um, and then I chose sad, but true for myself. And then after that, <laughs> I just started listening to Metallica. Nice. And uh, I'm thinking of that room where I was talking about the one, I one of the rooms I grew up in when I had all those, uh, magazine covers, like you said, you know, on the wall mm-hmm. where I gave up, I also had a, a poster of Lita next <laughs> to uh, a poster of velvet revolver. So I haven't changed. I've been this, you know, I'm the same person I've always been. I, I think that was my wall too. I had so many photos of her and yeah, Metallica and yeah. Yeah. So did you ever think to incorporate any GNR into your wrestling? We had on Cliff Compton a few episodes ago, mm. who was Domino in uh, WWE. And yeah. uh, I forget, it might've been ring of honor where he did this uh, Cliff Compton character where he had, it was a takeoff of Charlie Don't Surf, the T-shirt that Axel wore about, uh, you know, Charles Manson. He did Cliffy Don't mm-hmm. Surf, <laughs> and he would wear. He had the same bone uh, leather jackets, leather jacket yeah. rather that uh, Axel used to wear, the black leather jacket with the the white mm-hmm. ribs. So, did it ever come across to you know you have half orange hair? I don't I don't know if you're going half <laughs> Axel right now. It's funny because some people ask me if I'm going to do my whole head. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> that's a lot of upkeep. You'll have to be um, Axel Lawless then, right? <laughs> you know, I've actually thought of it for like stage names, like how I could take like their names and rearrange it. But unfortunately, like Axel and like Rose have been used quite a bit. And like Slash is, well, I don't think I could make that work. But I have thought like McKagan, I could probably do something with. But I ended up naming myself after the band Wasp. So um, the name is out the window. But certain like style elements, because let's be real, Guns N' Roses had some crazy good style. I've thought about tapping into um, so it's just a matter of like, what will fit me, the character and also fit like that I can pull from Guns N' Roses. Okay. All right. Very cool. And then it'll, it'll be obvious when you eventually you get that estranged, uh, 
I don't know, face, yeah. face tattoo. Are you going to get a dolphin on your face? That's it, isn't it? <laughs> How did you know this whole time? <laughs> so we know Use Your Illusion 2 is your favorite album um, and mm-hmm. Strange is your favorite song. But do you have, just for fun, do you have a top five? Or those always changed. And it's like Guns N' Roses, like Strange is always number one, but your top for five sure. always moves around. Yeah. And it's interesting because it like, it depends on which album you're listening to as well. So like probably for the last year, I've been listening to Chinese democracy, like crazy. And I've just been appreciating it more and more. Not that I had never appreciated it. Cause I've always liked it, but um, like for instance, the song sorry on that album, or is that weird? Did I just say that like a Canadian? <laughs> did you, uh, did you see my reaction or is that something that happens often? I saw it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Oh, I didn't even clue into that, I'm but a, that's a, one of them. You make fun of my New York's dumb Long Island accent. But yeah, no, it was sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, so that like. Anyways, I'm really bashful right now. No, that's uh, <laughs> but uh, so I've been listening to a lot of Chinese democracy, so I, I usually lean towards sorry. It's fine. Sorry. I'll, I'll, I don't want to make fun. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and there was a time like from that album. I love love those songs, but um, top five all time. I would definitely say Estranged Patience. I have a really big soft spot for so fine. Um, I just love Duff's voice and how Axel kind of sneaks in at the end there. Um, I think it's just like his voice sounds very emotional. I don't know. It's really good. <laughs> um, oh, I only have two, two left. Rocket queen. Okay. Um, Ooh, I think right now it might be coma um, or dead horse or coma. <laughs> I think all great choices. Thank you. <laughs> those la- those la- dead horse or coma. Yeah. Uh, could be used as a finishing move name. P- possibly. Oh, okay. Or, or, all right. or the Shackler's Revenge or something like that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hmm. All right. So something, something to think about. Yeah. It's strange is always number one, just the way Guns N' Roses is always number one. I'm sure you have a lot of uh, wrestling tees. You're wearing WCW right now, but do you have a lot of GNR tees as well? Um, I had a few. Um but then like I kind of outgrown them or whatever. And these are vintage. So nice. I like, you know, they're always in pristine condition, but um, I've never been able to really like afford or pull the trigger on a vintage Guns N' Roses shirt. Trust me, I want to. Um, but actually when I went to Edmonton to see them, I wore this like um, joke uh, appetite for destruction where it was actually the breakfast club. So it was like, you know, all the characters, but on the, on the cross. I haven't seen that one. I've seen a lot. I haven't seen that one. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was like a really cute parody shirt. And actually during the concert, Axel pointed at it and he was like, nice shirt. And I was like, Hey, that's awesome. You should have led the whole conversation with that. <laughs> well, that's all there is to it. There's nothing else. I wish I could say we're best friends now, but uh, no, I just got a cool shirt. Yeah. Yeah. I had a moment. You had a moment. I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. I love that. Yeah. 
Do you have any, because I, I was going to ask, like if you're, and this is something else I, I would ask fans on their, um, their excursions to Guns N' Roses shows. Do you go to the merch store? Are you that kind of person as well? Uh, not really. Cause I think the merch that I would want is probably the older stuff. That's just how I am. Okay. Yeah. But some of the art is beautiful. Like, so for probably months on end, I was looking at eBay and online for the one that they did in Philadelphia, where it was like Rocky, but he was a skeleton and like, that was a good one. So I'm a huge Rocky fan too. So I was like, I need that in my life, but they only made so many of them. Right. Um, yeah, they're all so, limited edition. Yeah, so I was like, "Damn, I chose the wrong concert to go to." <laughs> I'm curious because I think I remember what the the Edmonton lithograph was, and I feel like it was think, really cool. I think it was hockey. I, th- I mean, how predictable? Yeah. Or, or, or was <laughs> yeah, it the uh, the Mountie one? No, it was definitely hockey. Okay, no, you're right. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Edmonton, Alberta. No, we're both wrong. Well, this is from 2017. That one was uh, like a... No, that should be it. 2017? It's like a... When did I see them? I don't know. You tell me. You tell me. The one I'm looking at is just looks like a a green slime monster in a plane. That's it. Okay. All right. Could have been hockey. So you're you're being stereotypical against your own people. Good job. (laughs) 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 That's true. Do you you have... uh, and this is something else I always ask, and I, I I love to see what people potentially have. A favorite piece of memorabilia, and it could be anything. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a, a T-shirt. Sometimes I ask that, but if it's a ticket stub, is it something you saved? I don't know. Did you, I don't know, did mm-hmm. Axel like, lose a strand of hair and you've been keeping it on a doll <laughs> or something like that? Okay. <laughs> or not. <laughs> um. I wonder if I did. I do have like this box of stuff that I keep from concerts. Okay. But I don't remember if I got something from Guns N' Roses because the stage was too far away. Um, even though I was at the barricade, it was high and I was so far away. So um, I'm not sure about that. I definitely keep my ticket stubs always. Um, and I do know back when I saw Axel and Friends, um, they banned cameras so no one could take pictures. Yeah, and I remember at last second, the very last song, I took a picture of Axl Rose, and it actually turned out so nice. <laughs> so I've just had this photo of the first time I saw them or him, um, and like photos weren't allowed, but no one could ever take that from me. Sorry, Axl. <laughs> do you still have the photo? Do you? Uh... Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And since you you mentioned uh, Danzig, he was like that too. The one time I saw him. Uh, yeah. Every time I've seen him, he's been like that. It's so. those. They put him in like a like a sack, like a little like a small little you know, like zip up sack. Like you can't yeah. get your phone out until the end of the show. All right. Yeah. Glenn. All right, Glenn. That's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. Any other special, I guess, GNR bonds you've had over the years? Anything like, because uh, again, you were so excited, and I want <laughs> I want to make sure I'm not forgetting anything because this was so far throughout the conversation. I found out you and Axel had a, you know, this magic <laughs> this magic moment between you. So I want to make sure I'm not uh, missing anything. This is where I just make up a lie and say that I'm like really good friends with them. All right, sure. <laughs> or whatever. No, I'm joking. Um, well, I don't think I really have anything 
more, I think that that Axel moment is probably the pinnacle for me. Um, but of course I've been like, I'm pretty active on Twitter and I've been following Del James and he has so much wrestling stuff. And I'm like, wow, this is such a beautiful blend of my world. So it's really cool to see like how invested he is in a world that I'm a part of. Um, so, it, um, that's been interesting. Big time. And I'm glad you mentioned that, um, he is big time. I, I mentioned I'm a wrestling fan. I'm nowhere near. I'm, I'm like the average fan. He is hardcore indie. You mm-hmm. know, I, I don't know. So he's very responsive on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I, I, bet, yeah. I bet he would follow you. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if, like, if he'll follow me, but he has like replied to some of my stuff, which is cool. Um, it's just really awesome to see him go to GCW shows and whatnot. And like, he knows that I exist and I'm a wrestler, you know, and it's just, like I said, it's a nice blend of two worlds that I really, really love, which is guns and roses and wrestling. Um, so that's been really cool. I guess to see six degrees of separation. Yeah. The six degrees of GNR bacon. That's what I call it on, on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I love it. Absolutely brilliant. Um, are you expecting just as a fan? Are you expecting, Oh, what did you think of, uh, of hard school and absurd. I guess I'll, I'll nerd out with you for a little bit. What do you think of the new stuff? Um, I know definitely with hard school when I started it, I was like, mm, okay, you know, all right. And then when I revisited it, I was like, oh, no, no, no. This actually makes a lot of sense. Like, and I really took the time to like isolate Axel's vocals and like sit with it. And I was like, no, this is, this is what I want from Guns N' Roses. So I ended up being like pleasantly surprised by it. Like sometimes, like first impressions aren't everything, you know. Like no. the first time I heard the Smiths, I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> and now I'm like, "Oh, okay, the Smiths are fine." But yeah, <laughs> and I yeah. uh, absolutely. Uh, I, I've mentioned it took me three times to listen to Chinese Democracy, the record, to really like, mm-hmm. you know, for, for me for me to digest it all. Like it was just so much. So yeah, definitely first listen with all the layers Axel puts on stuff. I mean, yeah, I, I still have fans saying like, "Do you?" Like finding new things in in songs, you know. That gets, oh, totally. It's you know part of one of the reasons why we uh, we love the, the maniacal uh, genius, maniacal genius that is Axl Rose. And I think like when it comes down to like um, talented musicians of our time and whatnot, and Slash always gets credit as you know being this obscenely good guitar player, but like Axel's songwriting is really, really incredible. And his vocals are incredible, but sometimes I feel like there's such simple phrases that he can put together that make such a beautiful like sentence. And I'm like, wow, like this guy does not get enough credit for the genius that he is in songwriting. Okay. Do you, do you have a favorite lyric? Is it in estranged? Um, oh, that's hard. <laughs> I feel like it's probably in patience. Okay. But maybe it's an instrument. <laughs> <laughs> There's no right or wrong, you know. Um, it's really hard to think of it right now on the spot because I was listening to them probably like two weeks ago and I, and that's when I came to the thought where I was like, oh, this this lyric is so good, but now I can't remember what song it was. All right. <laughs> so just make sure you give it me. plenty of thought before you get it tattooed. <laughs> that, I will. That's all. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on and wanting to talk about Guns N' Roses and geek out. Uh, I have, I don't know, putting this out into, into the universe. It's not so much a, a homework assignment for you, but it's more into the universe. Mm. We got to find out if Bret Hart is a Guns N' Roses fan. 
Um, oddly, I could probably find that out pretty easily, I think. So <laughs> I'll circle back. If so, if so, with that six degrees of GNR bacon, you could be my co-host to potentially interview Bret Hart if you were to agree <laughs> to do this and talk about Guns N' Roses and music. Maybe he's tired of talking about wrestling. Well, we could talk about that too, but... Like I'm just, I don't know. I was putting, putting it out there. So I'm sure it's not going to happen, but I'm putting it out Tag there. Tag me in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough, fair enough. Well, thank you, Ava. This was a lot of fun, and uh, I'm sure we'll do something again. Thank you so much. So that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. Look where in the world we can go just to talk about Guns N' Roses and some other great things along the way, of course. What is to come on the podcast? Well, I can tell you we just confirmed Beth Hart will be joining us on Appetite for Distortion. So uh, if you hear this before the next episode comes out, you want to get in some questions, follow us on social media. That's how the conversation continues in between the broadcasts at the AFD show on uh, Facebook, at the AFD podcast on Twitter, where on Instagram, you can leave, of course, comments on any of the platforms you listen to the podcast on, whether it be on iHeartRadio or uh, Spotify, YouTube, please check out our YouTube channel. I am almost daily adding just highlights of the podcast over the past several years, episodes you may have forgotten about, some great stories you may have forgotten about. So definitely uh, please follow and subscribe to Appetite for Distortion on YouTube. So until next time, when are you going to see the next episode? Well, in the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it, I don't know if soon is the word. security, I'm going home.